And we are back on the show, and I'm super excited about my next guest. This is his second appearance on the Sports Beat. Just a legend in the Fountain City. A 2023 Chattahoochee Valley Hall of Fame member, Dave Plata. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate the chance to come on and talk with you. All right. I got to talk to you about that moment when you are inducted into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. What did that moment mean to you? It meant a lot. Um, there are a lot of folks that I hadn't seen for a very long time since I'm no longer in the day-to-day sports world. But the folks that I have covered for all those years and getting to see them again was great. And being there for that reason was really kind of humbling, quite frankly. I, I look at all the, the the list of names that have been inducted into that hall. And, of course, I'm kind of like, me? Really? <laughs> So that that it, that was that was quite a moment though to to be honored like that. You went in with a very good class. Mary Blackman, she was the first woman coach hired at Columbus College, and she was a huge supporter of Title IX. She's the reason why they got Title IX started. Richard Mahone, which I actually saw him at the Pacelli Brookstone game over the weekend, he's an assistant coach at Pacelli. He got in. We also had Ron Nelson, the Central baseball coach, and he also had. Uh, Johnny Walden, who uh, yep. I've called some Columbus State soccer games at the Walden Complex. With He's donated a lot of money, and, and we don't have the Walden Soccer Complex at CSU without Johnny Walden. What a great class that you have been in for 2023. It was. It was. And just remember, uh, Johnny Walden didn't just do that. He's, he's done so much for Columbus State over the years. The support he's given to the athletes and the athletic program and everything else. It was great. It was a great honor to be going go in with him. Mary Blackman, of course, a great coach for so, so many years. And, and of course, Ron Nelson and Richard Mahone. I spent years and years bugging them. Phone calls. Hey, what's the score, coach? Interviews with those guys. Class individuals. Great coaches. Talk their young men a lot. A lot. Dave, you have had a lot of memories here in Columbus. And the first time I had you on the show, I kind of did some sports documentaries because we had some great moments, but we're not finished. We had some moments that we didn't even talk about. And so let's go into that. The first moment I want to talk about, you know, Shaw just named their new head coach, Johnny Garner. He is the stepson of legendary head coach, Charles Flowers. The school year of 2000, 2001, Shaw had a very special year. They won a state championship in football and they won a state championship in baseball led by longtime MLB pitcher Edwin Jackson. And we're going to start with what that meant to Shaw just getting the championship in baseball and football in that school year. And what an amazing year that was. I mean, the, the, the fall of 2000, you could see it coming. Coach Flowers had built that program up, and so many, so many great players were, were on that team but he helped make them great players, taught them so much. They understood the work ethic and they took care of business and they did everything they had to do. Running the table that season was pretty amazing. Um, great athletes in there. If I remember right, Philip Wheeler was on that team. He went on to play in the NFL for oh, several, several years before uh, injuries kind of cut short his career. And then you had, of course, you had Troy Bergeron, who wound up being a star in indoor football. Got his start with the Columbus War Dogs. I uh, wound up playing for uh, the Georgia Force, and he wound up on the roster and played uh, for both the Cowboys and uh, the Atlanta Falcons. It was just, it was a magical year. 
One of the beautiful things, by the way, is of course they played they played uh, uh, Statesboro in the state championship game. Statesboro coached by Buzz Busby. If you remember, Buzz led Kendrick to the state championship in 1991, and Buzz built a monster program at Kendrick in the late 80s and early 90s. I mean, at one point, they had 22 guys playing college football on scholarship. And, of course, one of those guys was Del McGee. Another one, Jeremy Williams, God rest his soul. He was a great quarterback and a really awesome defensive back for Memphis. Went on to become a great, great coach, teaching teaching young men how to how to live their lives properly and how to play the game of football. I mean, and, and of course, Buzz coaching for Statesboro coming on in coaching in the stadium where he, he had accomplished so much against uh, flowers and the Shaw Raiders. And of course, Shaw went on and won that game big to win that state championship. And then in the spring, they won a state championship in baseball. And one of their notable players was Edwin Jackson. He had a very incredible major league career from 2003 to 2019. He made the all-star team in 2009, a world series champion in 11 and he pitched a no hitter in 10. And he also played for the USA baseball team in the 2020 Olympics. Uh, just what an incredible career. And I know when I had you on the show last time, we talked about all these great baseball players coming from the fountain city, Frank Thomas, Glenn Davis, Tim Hudson, Colby Rasmus, we forgot to mention Edwin Jackson. Well, Ed, Edwin's a story all of his own because, of course, he played for more individual major league teams than any other player in major league history. One thing that happens when you bounce around that much, it also means you're in demand. Edwin had a great career, um, and he always was in demand by major league teams for the simple reason of his character, too. His character, a clubhouse guy. He was, I mean, he was a, he was a coach as a player. He, when, when you look back, Jake Arrieta, when he had that great run with the Cubs, won a Cy Young Award, he credits Jackson with helping turn him around. Jackson, Edwin got in there and worked with him on his mental game too and how to approach the game the right way. And Arietta has always given him tons of credit, a lot of the credit for the seasons that he had with the Cubs. And he had a lot to do with the Cubs, obviously, winning the World Series. He wasn't there anymore, and he got ripped by, by Cubs fans because the numbers weren't good when he, was, when he was with the Cubs, but the Cubs back then weren't all that good either. They, he didn't get a lot of support, but he was there in spirit, and he was rooting the Cubs on back in 2016 when they took the whole thing. But, I mean, Edwin, remember, Edwin was the number three pitcher on that team. He was not even the stud pitcher. He was the center fielder, too. He signed originally signed with UAB as an outfielder before getting drafted by the Dodgers, I believe in the sixth round, the Dodgers had to sit there and think about it. They were trying to decide whether to make him an outfielder or a pitcher. Cause he was a good, cause he was a great athlete. Don't forget. Shaw had two other great pitchers, Steven register register went on to play at Auburn. He did not get drafted in that 2000 draft or 2001 draft. He made it clear. He was going to be going to Auburn. He took that scholarship and he said, don't bother. I'm going to be an Auburn Tiger. We'll catch you in three years. And, of course, he wound up as Auburn's closer. He pitched on Team USA, uh, I believe, and it was in the Pan Am games. He was ended up as the eighth-inning setup guy for that team, and he wound up playing in the major leagues as well. Um, he played for the Phillies and the Colorado Rockies. And then there was Nick Long. Long was the pitcher. I believe he was the one that won the game. He was the pitch, the winning pitcher 
in the deciding game against Columbus High School. Nick was a great athlete, tall, rangy, could just throw it. Oh, man, he could throw. His problem was he got drafted by the Expos, but he injured his shoulder. Uh, Nick went on to become a scout for the Cubs, and I'm not sure he may be doing – he was coaching around here as well, but the Cubs were grooming him for their front office as well. Uh, multi-talented guy. So you've got those three pitchers. That didn't hurt anything. And had great position players as well. It was just a, a solid all-around team. Dave, we cover a lot of high schools here in the Fountain City, and you're the voice for the St. Pacelli Vikings, which I, I got to throw it back to Pacelli. You know, I've been able to call uh, basketball games with Thrip Berenger. Uh, you know, we call the Pacelli Brookstone game. We called a Pacelli baseball game against Glenwood. But you and we and Rex Castillo, I've listened to you guys on the broadcast, but what was that moment like? And you've had a lot of moments here in Columbus, but St. Pacelli winning the football championship in the GIAA and making this past year. That was so much fun. Now, we weren't able to broadcast that game. Oh, that's right, because the GIAA writes. Right, yeah, 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 those are going to the NFHS. So We're we're trying to deal with that, too, because we we got to call the Pacelli-Brookstone game. They won't let us call the Final Four. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. I mean, well, money talks. Money talks, you know, and the GIA, of course, they need the money to operate. So that's the way that goes. But uh, getting the opportunity to be there, I actually shot the game with with you know with one of their cameras so hopefully i didn't get a chance to look at the video i shot hopefully it was good and hopefully uh, jeremy hayes who's the uh, media teacher who puts together a lot of the videos hopefully it'll be useful for for what he wants to do and hopefully it'll be useful for next season uh when football season rolls around again but calling those games it was really awesome now back in 2021 after uh my uh, untimely departure from wtbm I got the first call I got uh, that first Friday night when I wasn't working high school football. I was actually cutting the lawn at six o'clock in the afternoon, wondering what in the world I was doing. And Corey Black called me and said, hey, you want to go to lunch? Well, I'm not going to turn down a free lunch. Come on. You know, feed them and they will come has always been a media staple, right? But uh, we met uh, along with Roger Beck, who is the uh, offensive line coach and uh, one of the big boosters for for uh, Pacelli High School, he's a he's a very key guy. He is he has done so much for that school. They could never repay all the things that he has done for them. They said, "Hey, how would you like to how would you like to be our play by play guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do this." I leapt at the opportunity, and I will admit, the first couple of games I, I did for Pacelli in twenty twenty one, I was pretty terrible. I hadn't done football play by play ever. I'd done baseball play by play. But I had never done football play-by-play, and it was an adjustment because I had been so used to thinking in terms of three minutes, 30 seconds, minute 30 stories, 30-second 30 uh, second stories within, trying to fill two and a half hours. That was a challenge. Um, by, by the third game, I started to get a pretty good idea of it. It was a work in progress, and the visuals and everything else got better and better. And I mentioned Jeremy Hayes. You know, and Russ Lenning, who is one of their IT, who's the IT guy, um, they kept making improvements, getting better equipment. The kids were shooting the games, getting a better idea of what was going on. This coming season, this this season, this past season was great. We walked in, hit the ground running, and halfway through the season, Corey goes, "I got a color guy for you." And here comes Rex Castillo, no longer the sports director at Channel Three. He, you know, he's doing the morning news now. He went to the dark side. And uh, we got a chance to work together, and that was a blast. It was awesome working with him. Now, we're both members of the parish. You know, uh, we're both 
we're both Catholic and, you know, we both attend uh, Catholic mass at uh, different, at different uh, churches here in town. So it was, you know, it was a no brainer to get us both together. And we worked so well together. Rex is a pro. He's great. Love working with them. And I'm looking forward to next season. I cannot wait to hear you guys on Viking TV. Uh, you guys really sounded great as I was listening to some of Pacelli's broadcasts. But, Dave, uh, let's go and throw it back to another high school here in the Fountain City who is no stranger to success on the gridiron, and that is the Carver Tigers. DJ Jones, a proud alum, he talks about how great the Carver Tigers have been, and look at all the players that the Carver Tigers have put in the NFL. We talked about Isaiah Crowell. By the way, uh, the the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot is going to be due on June the 15th. I'm thinking about actually writing in Isaiah Crowell. Do you think Isaiah Crowell deserves to be in the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame? Isaiah Crowell was one of the most electric running backs I've ever seen at the high school level. He did things that I didn't think could be done. He just would take command of a game. I mean, he played, he played as a freshman. If I remember correctly, he was a freshman of the state championship team. I mean, could be wrong. It, let me think. Yeah, was he? Was he? I think he may well. I have think been the uh, um, I had no. Jarmon Fortson on, and he, uh, he, I think he was on the JV team. Okay, he was. Okay, well, we we knew he was coming, Jermon. <laughs> Jermon, what an awesome athlete, Jermon. Oh man. Um, but Isaiah could take over a game and did. Um, I'll never forget him scoring the touchdown with Mark Rick was at Memorial Stadium scouting the team. And he runs up and gives Rick a big old hug. And Rick didn't know what to do because Rick was worrying about breaking NCAA regulations because you're not supposed to have contact like that. But he didn't initiate it. Isaiah was just so excited to score a touchdown in front of Rick. And, of course, Isaiah with the with the, the great moment with the Bulldog when he signed with, with Georgia. And, of course, the stumbles going on to Alabama State, picking it back up, getting in the NFL, be, being – being a uh, uh, impact player for both the Browns, and, you know, for both the Browns, then he got hurt, um, which was a shame because that cut his career short. But he was he was an electric player, an absolutely electric player. Now, uh, does he meet the criteria to uh, get get uh, inducted into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame in your mind? I would say yes. I mean, he he made it to the NFL, made it to the made it to the top. And he he was an impact player before he got hurt, and certainly what he accomplished on the gridiron here in Columbus, yeah, you'd have to say I think so. But that's not up for me. I'm not on the I'm not on the selection committee, so there's that. Um, but they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. uh, the selection committee over the years has done a great job of finding the right of of recognizing the right people. There's plenty more out there because this is sports heaven. As I said in my introduction, there are so many great athletes and so many great people that are connected with sports in Columbus and have done uh, contributed so much. There's going to be there's there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room for plenty of more really great folks. Well, some of the other Carver alums that are in the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, let's talk about Nate Odoms. Uh, Nate Odoms, you know he. I believe he went to Carver. Didn't he go to Carver? Yes, he did. He certainly Nate. went to Carver, and then he went to uh, he signed with and played with Wisconsin. He did University go to Wisconsin, Wisconsin from, yes. from Carver, yeah. played in four Super Bowls, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, a two-time Pro Bowler. A lot of people don't realize he played for the Falcons for one year. Uh, what yes, was he that did. like? That was interesting for him, getting a chance to play, you know, for the hometown team that he grew up with. But, of course, you know, that was that was the tag end of his career. Now, don't forget, you forgot something. He led the NFL interceptions one season. 
Oh, that's right. I had it in my notes. He, he was, yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, seriously though, he was a great player. I mean, just an awesome player and a really good guy. He did a lot. He did a lot for uh, coming back home. Um, he hosted a lot of football clinics and such uh, when he was still with the with the Bills. Um, just an all around good dude. Dave, a lot of great players from Carver. You have Brinston Buckner. You have Jarvis Jones, who was a finalist for the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame in their inaugural season. I thought that he was an impact player for Georgia. His NFL career was cut short. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he had a tackle against Florida in 2012 that completely changed that game. And I remember exactly where I was when he made that tackle for loss and and then the strip sack. It was just incredible. I think that you know, Brinston Buckner, I remember him briefly when he played for the 49ers, but he mainly played for the Carolina Panthers. It just And the hard. Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and the, the Pittsburgh he started Steelers. out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're right. Yes. He played in two Super Bowls. Um, and remember with the Panthers, he's the one who called the coin flip. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. We've had three people from this area, if you go with you take the range a little wider, have called the coin flips in Super Bowls as team captains. The other two. Max Strong did for the Seattle Seahawks. And the other one was Thomas Davis from Randolph Clay High School. He called the coin flip for the Panthers the other time the Panthers went. And remember, Davis was an impact player at Georgia as well as a linebacker. He, Davis, Davis was a quarterback in high school. A lot of quarterbacks have gone on to become very good linebackers and safeties. Uh, Will Herring is another, is another example because Herring was a quarterback at uh, Opelika, became a linebacker at Auburn. And ripped it up good, especially with the Saints and with the uh, uh, with the Seahawks. So okay, and you got Carver guys, Buckner, class guy. He's coaching. He's coaching a lot of different places. He he is a a just a class quality human being who is a who knows how to teach. Yeah, he's currently the defensive line coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, yes, I believe so. I mean, he's been with the he's been with the you know, he started off. Uh, he coached a little bit with the Steelers, but he was mostly with the Cardinals, with the Buccaneers for a season. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. I think that's a good segue, Dave. Uh, let's talk about Max Strong, probably the most durable fullback, played his entire NFL career with the Seattle Seahawks from 93 to 2007, a Super Bowl appearance, a two-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in 2005. And I know you're a Pacelli guy. Yeah, he did go to Brookstone. You know. yeah. Hey, I was I covered Brookstone. Yes, I covered Brookstone. It was fun. That was a great season for Brook. It was a great season for Michelli, if I remember right, too, because both teams were ranked. They had a great showdown, knockdown, dragout. The game uh, at, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, was at Brookstone. Brookstone won at 21-14. Um, uh, Benji Hood was the quarterback that season for Pacelli, and we'll get to Roderick in a minute, won't we? Um, his, his younger brother who played in the NFL and played in a couple Super Bowls also. Uh, but Mac, Mac had a great season that season. He was the, he was the guy, he was the man for Brookstone and Chico Lynch, the head coach, um, Mac led them all the way to the state championship game that season. Um, he was, uh, he was a force. He, what the problem was Brookstone had to go on the road. They played at Lincoln County. They ended up losing 13 to seven again, if I remember correctly. And for Lincoln County, Lincoln County had a pretty good running back going for them too. Fellow named Garrison Hurst. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they wound up as teammates with the dogs with, uh, with Mac mostly blocking for Garrison Hurst and break it, getting Hurst, 
you break loose and get all those great runs. First went on to have a pretty pretty solid career himself with the 49ers before uh, it was cut short by injury. And Mack, Mack wound up as team captain, heart and soul of the uh, Seattle Seahawks team, the one that went to the Super Bowl. He was a fullback, a pure fullback in the NFL, one of the best fullbacks of the 90s. That is just amazing. You know, you you look at C, like uh, Mark Legree, you know, he, he went to mm-hmm. Michelli. He was a safety for seven NFL teams. We got Kelsey McRae, uh, Del McGee, the run game oh. coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs, who, by the way, he's due for an offensive coordinator position somewhere in college. He's, I, I think he's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah, he's got Del to be. He is a head coach. I mean, look at what he did well, with Carver. Well, for starters, remember he has been a head coach, and he's got a perfect record. He was the interim coach for Georgia Southern that year. Took oh, him. Yeah. He coached. He coached him in the bowl game, and they won it. So he's got a one and zero record as an NCAA Division One head coach. Keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, what he did at Carver, he picked up. He helped keep the Carver. Carver, of course, had that great tradition going with Wallace Davis. I remember Davis uh, took them to heights they had never had never reached before. Um, that big win they had at Valdosta, uh, when they beat Val- they beat they beat Valdosta at Valdosta when Valdosta was the the program in the state of Georgia, and in that game they did a fake field goal. Brinson Brinson lined up. He was there. I, if I remember correctly, he kicked their extra points. He lined up for a field goal, and Valdosta apparently hadn't been paying much attention. They really didn't scout them that well. The 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 ball was actually out of Brinson's range. But they did a fake field goal, scored a touchdown on it, and that, that proved to be the uh, margin of victory for them. Um, anyway, so so Dell comes in there, helps build the program up, and it was, again, it was a steady build. Um, that uh, after after Charles Flowers left, basically Dell came in and said, "Okay, this this my now this is my town," and he built that team up. And in two thousand seven, beating Cairo at Cairo, the last. 30 seconds of the game was pouring down rain, which was very annoying because I was shooting the game, of course. Uh, but it was it was just a beautiful thing to see to see the Carver Tigers that season win that championship after all the hard work they had done, all those good players they had, and all those good guys they had on that team. Well, and Dave, I've been a resident of Columbus since 2015. I mean, I've got to witness several championships to include Central winning a championship in 2018. You have the Spencer boys winning a, the basketball championship. Last season, the Carver girls winning it in 19. And uh, we got to talk about, like, because I was watching you, and you founded Sports Overtime. And my, my first – Well, Bruce Snyder and I did. Bruce, oh, okay, okay, Bruce, yeah. Oh, no, no. Kinda... Yeah, let, let's, give, let's give Bruce his credit. Bruce and I worked together for 10 years. Okay. And Bruce, 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 is, Bruce is a very, very creative guy. And putting together Sports Overtime was a team effort. He was the one that said, we got to do this. We got to do this. And it's like, yep, let's do it. And between us, we, you know, we helped we help build it up into something pretty good. Bruce, Bruce gets as much credit as I do on this one. I really enjoyed watching sports overtime with you, Dave. And then uh, when it was you and Jonathan Hoppy, but unfortunately in October, was it October of 2021 with all that? It happening? was, it was mid September. It was September 15th. Yeah. Yeah. Tell my listeners exactly what happened because the sports world in Columbus was absolutely shocked. First of all, I, I got to say it was not right what happened with you. And just tell everybody exactly what happened. 
Okay. Um, this was a nothing. None of this was the doing of anybody at WTVM. Uh, Great Television, the owners of WTVM, decided to mandate uh, the COVID injection for everybody working for them across the country at all 100, 192 stations. Um, I, I have, I had religious objections to this. Uh, the reasoning behind it, uh, fetal tissue was used, and it was from from an aborted uh, aborted child, uh, was used in the testing process, and it was like I don't want anything to do with this. I do not. I filed for a religious accommodation. It was turned down, and on September fifteenth, they fired me. That's it. That's what happened. Nobody's doing except for the folks at uh, uh, great television at the corporate level. So at that point, that's when things got a little scrambly. And uh, I, I went out and found, found an attorney. And since then, uh, we filed a lawsuit. Uh, it's religious discrimination, wrongful termination, and a bunch of other, there, there are other things involved in it. Um, the actual lawsuit was finally filed uh, a month ago. It was uh, mid-January. I put together a website, and it's a hard one to find. It's DavePlata.com. That really basically what it does is it work. It, it puts down all the arguments, all the explanation. It includes the, the email trail and everything else. So anybody who really wants to dig into and understand why my decision, why the decision I made was made, it's all right there. It also explains the legal reasoning why they can't, why they should not have done it, should not have been able to do it because it was contrary to uh, U.S. code, um, international law, and a bunch of other things. But the whole explanation is on there. And uh, it's better that, to sit down and look at that because I, if, I, if I try to get into it now, I would miss, I would miss something. And I don't want to do that. The arguments are there and the explanations are there. But Dave, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And uh, I, I really, I'm, I'm rooting for you to get back into sports broadcast. I'm hoping that, that we could see you back on TV. And uh, I'm actually, as a as an up-and-coming broadcaster, I am honored just to have you here on the show and would love to do games with you sometime. You are more than welcome to come up in the broadcast booth with me and to help call Columbus Rapids. Uh, I'm just really just excited that you were able to get on the show. And I know that you love sports, and and you're not going anywhere. You're here in the Fountain City. No, and, I'm here, man. I oh, am here. Oh, yeah. I am here. What, one thing I do want to mention on the website I did not mention um, one of the things I have to do is I've got to try to raise money for this thing because yeah. the legal the legal system requires large amounts of cash, which I do not have. Unfortunately, it is what it is. There's a there's a give send go um, where you can donate. The money's going to go strictly for legal costs. I'm not doing anything for this. Is just to to make it to get this thing going. Um, it's there, and again, there's an explanation on the website. It's dayplata.com. And uh, check it out. I'm also doing, I'm posting, I'm doing blog posts. Right now, nothing much is happening with the lawsuit. It, it, the legal wheels grind, grind finely, but they also grind very slowly. But I'll, I've been doing posts, trying to update things. And I threw some videos in there from back in the day when my hair was brown. Okay. <laughs> that, goes, that goes way back, including some stuff from back when I first got here in 1985. I've been posting some of that stuff on YouTube just for fun. So if you want to go back and look at that stuff. So uh, that's 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 kind of that was kind of fun going through that stuff. 
Dave, I've had a blast. You are truly an icon here in the Fountain City. And congratulations on your induction into the 2023 Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. I can't wait to get to the Civic Center and uh, look at your plaque. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of curious on Seattle too, but I've got to come up with some of the stuff for the, uh, for the display. I've got to, got to go through all my stuff and pick out the right thing. So people will understand all, let me put it to you this way. I had so much fun doing, doing the sports here in town and still am, but it was an honor to be able to go in and bring in, come into everybody's home, whether you wanted me there or not, I would show up, but I was there and the chance to do this, and to chronicle sports in the city of Columbus for 36 seasons, 36 great seasons, 36 championship seasons for Columbus in this area, nothing better. And I don't think there's anybody that does it better. Dave Plata, everybody, and uh, more than welcome to come on the show. I, I just would love to get you back on the show because I know you have a lot of stories. And you really, I have a five-day-a-week show. I got to fill up time. And I know who else <laughs> but to get Dave Plata back on to fill up time. Nobody, hey, look, I can ramble with the best, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really just appreciate your storytelling and, and then going back into the history of Columbus sports because it's important. It's important to go back into the past. And we have a great past here in the city. We do. We absolutely do. There's been so many, so many great athletes, so many great teams, so many quality people have contributed to the to sports in the in Columbus and the surrounding area. Take it all the way over to Auburn. As far as I'm concerned, from Auburn to Butler, you know, from from Lagrange to Eufaula, and every point in between, so many class quality people have helped create a uh, 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 the sports atmosphere here. It's it's second to none. And that's what we do. We cover sports in the Chattahoochee Valley as far as LaGrange, as south as Eufaula. Yep, and there's nothing better to put people's kids on TV. It's awesome. That's why we do this, because we can get them on TV. But, Dave, thank you so much once again. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. That is Dave Plata. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat. I hope you have a re great rest of your evening, and we will talk to you later. Bye. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.